We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Jen Hardy, a woman whose work I greatly admire. As a podcast host, author, speaker, and community builder, Jen Hardy is devoted to helping women over 50 discover their full potential and reclaim their power. She is the host of the fabulous Over 50 podcast, formerly Hardy Mom, where she provides actionable tips and advice that will help you level up in your career, relationships, and life. Jen also hosts the Medical Gaslighting Podcast, which aims to educate and empower patients. Jen was raised by an entrepreneur and started working in the family business at the age of 12. She's been blogging since 2015, wrote the book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again in 2017, and started the Fabulous Over 50 podcast in 2018. In 2022, she published three five-year journals, one for business owners to build their success, one for those on a quest for happiness, and one for moms with chronic illness. In addition to her work as an author and podcaster, she and her husband founded the Space Coast Podcasters, a local podcast meetup group that provides a supportive community for aspiring and established podcasters alike. Jen has a passion for sharing knowledge and creating community. She also runs two masterminds, Gold Circle for Podcasting Women Over 50 and Radical Rejuvenation for all women over 50 who want to level up their lives. Jen's latest endeavor, Jen's Friends, is a daily encouraging email to women over 50. It alleviates loneliness, inspires growth, and encourages them to take charge of their lives and create the life of their dreams, because we're never too old to be fabulous. Hi, Jen. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love your work, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. 
So let's just get started with a question. Do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why is it that you think that you don't? You know, it's it, this is a perfect time to ask me that question. I just had my 55th birthday last month. And I'll be honest, you know, until about a year ago, I really believed that I looked about 30. I looked like I was in my early 30s. I, I looked like that when I was 18. And I just stayed just like that. And I felt very fortunate because people used to think that I was my adult children's sister. And not just saying that, you know, people will say that, but I, I really, I look back at those pictures just from a few years ago and I think, oh my goodness. But last year I got COVID and then I got pneumonia and I had a mild heart attack and a stroke all within five or six months. And I hit my age, my body aged that next 20 something years all in that year. And I, I think it was, it's been a little rough because to go from feeling like I look so much younger to suddenly looking like I should look at my age, it was a little bit hard for me. And so I definitely am experiencing getting older. And, you know, I have told people this for the longest time that mother nature is no woman because no woman would do this to women. <laughs> You know, and I think it's not fair. You know, we experience the gravity and all these things. And for some reason, men just get mature and wise and whatever, and women get old, which is why I love what you're doing, you know, in this fighting all of this, because everybody ages. I mean, if you, if you're successful at life and you're living, you're aging, that's, that's, that's how it is. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I say this, um, and, and I have to be careful where I say this because it, it annoys people, but I mean, you either get older or you die. Exactly. I, I mean, mean, that's your choice. That's our you know? choice. So, you know, and, and I, it's funny because I always used to say, I'm going to cherish every wrinkle because it means that I've learned something and whatever. And I'm going to be honest, it is a little bit hard to wrap my brain around it some days, but, but I am so thankful I'm still here. I really, you know, I'm thankful I'm on this planet. I can see my kids grow up and live this life. And, uh, and so, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I did an episode called my, my neck has fallen and it can't get up because, because all of a sudden I looked down and I saw things on my neck that weren't there before, you know, and our culture tells us that that's a horrible thing, but it doesn't need to be. It, it really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I think that we can, we can, we can be very um, mature about it and open about it and think about wrinkles show my experience and my and so what that that but our culture you know shoves it in our face all the time about what's better and what's better is 25 um right and, you know so you i think you, we really have to struggle and support each other to come to the point of Older is good in lots of ways. And um, I'm tired being told and shown the opposite. I'm just, you know, I'm just tired of it. So um, that's that's why I'll, we're all doing what we're doing right now, Jen. We're just doing it in our own way in whatever way we're doing it. Yeah, because it, it has to be done. You know, I've got I've got kids that are 11 and 13 that are my biological children. I had them when I was 41 and 43. And everyone thinks I'm their grandparent. 
which is very frustrating. But also it puts me in a position to be, you know, usually you're friends with your kids' friends' parents, right? But I'm the age of their grandparents. And so it's been, it's been interesting. I didn't really realize the level of ageism that we have in our country until the last few years when I've started looking like their grandma and not their mom and people, I don't know. It's yeah, it could be better. Um, it is, I was on um, a train yesterday and I was coming back from San Francisco and I was trying to figure out where I was supposed to get off because I was on the wrong train. And so I was standing looking at the route map that made no sense to me. And so, you know, a couple of people came up and tried to help figure it out and they couldn't figure it out. And so they sat down and then a woman came up and said, um, this is what I think you should do. But right now, would you please make this doctor happy and sit down? And I knew she thought she saw me as a very old woman and that I was in danger of falling. And <laughs> you know, on the one hand, that was kind, and on the other hand, it was just, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna fall down here. I'm, oh, anyway, it 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 is that I had somebody the other day talk about their experience when they went to their mailbox and their AARP card was there, <laughs> <laughs> and that is that's quite a day. Yeah, that day just came for me. My husband, my husband's younger, and he said, "You cannot get an AARP card because they'll send one to me when you get one." <laughs> and and I don't, I'm not ready. And so, but they had a bag I wanted, and and we wanted some whatever information, and so I just did it. And yeah, there is there's something about getting that card in the mail, isn't there? And oh my goodness, last year for the first time, I had my daughter with me, and she's only twelve, and we walked into this store, and they gave me the senior discount. Yes. And I thought, and that was before this whole thing where I got sick and I felt like I looked my age. I didn't feel like I looked. And I, I laughed. I started laughing when she said that. I laughed through paying, through getting my bags and walking out of the, I was just hysterical belly laughing all the whole time. I remember but, the first um, time. I'm thankful. Yeah, I, was, I remember the first time I was offered a senior discount. And my first response inside was, what? And then I thought, Sarah, get a grip. You'll get, get cheaper. Yeah, I'll take it. It just it does feel strange. You do so many things, Jen. I got tired just reading through it all. How do you do everything you do? You know, it's funny. I don't think about how many things I do until I hear someone say it. And then I think, oh my goodness, it's a lot. Plus, I'm a homeschool mom still. I'm still, you know, doing the whole thing and caregiving for my husband who's not been feeling so well. And it's, it's a lot. Um, I've learned to set boundaries. That is something that I struggled with until about the last year. Um, when I started my company, finally, because I have so many things happening, I I've learned to be able to say, I'm going in my office and I'm closing the door and I'm going to do these things and not take the calls. And I uh, believe it or not have pared down what I do. I was doing a lot more, oh, no. um, but I just, I just feel like I have to be busy. I'm always, I'm always doing something productive. You know, I don't play, I don't play games on my phone. I don't, you know, I don't spend time doing, doing other things. I just spend time doing this because honestly, it's all fun to me. Everything I'm doing is what I do for fun. 
And so I think that's how I get it all done because I just love it. I love every part of it. So of all the things you do, what gives you the most satisfaction? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, there's there's two. They're pretty neck and neck. I think the podcasting, I love podcasting. I love it so much. I love the people. It is, it's just this greatest crowd. And and I really like the Jen's friends. I love making those videos, trying to come up with, you know, a unique video for every single day is not the easiest thing. And it took me about six months of getting the software to go together. So I could send an email with, with a video every day. That's not easy. Um, but I did it and I have such satisfaction for that. And I think there's so many people that are so lonely, you know, it's an epidemic right now. I think post what we went through in 2020, it was so isolating. And just to know that people don't feel lonely and they have something that they can look forward to, you know, because as a mom with adult children who do, I don't get the calls I would like from all of my kids. And I think, oh my goodness, if I didn't hear from them, but a couple of times a year and I didn't have anyone else at home, you know, how would I feel? What would I want? And so I'm trying to provide for other people what I would want. So describe the Jen's friends. I think that sounds wonderful, but I'm not real sure so, is yet. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, and that's the thing because there's nothing like it. And that's been, it's been a little bit hard explaining it to people. So basically I send out, it's kind of like an email newsletter, like you would get from any, everybody else, except I'm there talking to you every single day, just three to four minutes. It's not too long. Just telling you, you know what? You are a wonderful woman. And if you haven't heard that from somebody else today, I just want to let you know that you're a wonderful person and you're loved and you're beautiful and, you know, all the things that we need to hear. And we also talk about little projects like there some people can't get out of bed. If you can't get out of bed, you can make the bed around you. Right. And but for those who can, we might have, you know, we're going to clean out the junk drawer this week. So this week is the one thing. And we'll just do little things at a time just to keep people motivated. And, you know, because if you don't have somebody checking in on you regularly and making sure that you're doing these little things, I think it's important to, you know, we feel so successful when we complete a project, you know, and so I want to be doing it with them, too. And then they can also respond back to the email or not however they want to do. So we can actually be more like friends than one. And do they feel like a group or is it really them to you? Right now, it's just them to me. Honestly, I didn't think about a group, but that might not be a bad idea for the future. Yeah. Interesting. That's really interesting. I'm, I don't know how you would think of something different every day. It's, it's been, it has been interesting. Yeah. Um, but I like to write, I like to do creative things. So we just, we can pick a topic for the week and, and talk about that and move on. And yeah, it's ask me in a year. We'll see in a year after 365 videos, how creative I can be after that. I don't know how I'm going to keep track, but, um, of, you know, thousands of them, but that's okay. Well, it gives me something to do. In my spare time, <laughs> it, it would be fun for you to take those 365 things and turn it into a journal, like you've done journals. <clears throat> you know, and yeah, so that would be a good idea. You could send it out to people, and so they, you know, um, because that material is all going to be stuff that you've prepared. So, right, that's a good idea. I like that. Thank you. You've got all kinds <laughs> of great. <ideas. laughs> so before you started doing what. Well, 
you're doing now? What did you do before? So you started working at 12. What was the family business? So my dad actually was a steel broker, steal the metal. He was not a thief, um, but he would he would buy steel and sell it to people. Um, a lot of it was being sold to Japan. His best friend lived in Japan, which ironically, my best friend lives in Japan and they're completely unrelated. Um, but I would answer the phones for him. That's how I started. And I actually became an operator at AT&T because of my experience, because my dad had a multi-line phone at home because that's what he did. And so if I was sitting in the kitchen, I would answer his phone, ML Young and Associates. And I was a operator from the time that I was 12. And so at 18, I got to do that, which was really fun. And I, and then I would always say, thank you for calling AT&T. How can I help you? Because you have to answer the phone about you know 10 times a minute. But um, but yeah, that's how I started and, you know, basic paperwork and that kind of stuff. And, and I think what I learned from my dad was that if you have a business, you, you take the risk and there is risk there, there was steel collapsed in the late eighties. Um, but you also, you get everything that you make and there's a lot to be said for that. And, you know, we had a cabin in the mountains, we lived by the beach, we did all the things and he could take off and come and go as he wanted. We never thought about when dad had to work you know, because it, it wasn't ever a have to, he just did it on his schedule. And for the first few decades of my working life, I really struggled with working for somebody. And I thought I was just lazy, you know, and I finally realized last year, last year in my fifties, I'm not lazy. I want to have what my dad had. And so now I'm doing that and it feels so good. So, so this, it was just last year that you started doing really all, all this on your own. The, the business aspect, yeah, where I yeah. start actually selling things and making money. I started in 2014. Um, I got really sick and I had seven kids at home. And so I couldn't find what I needed, long story short. So I started creating things and then publishing what I was doing to keep my house running for other people. So if they wanted to, if they were in the same position, they could find it. But after eight years of talking about how sick I was, it got really depressing. And I love those moms. I've left the website up. I've left the the first 118 episodes of the podcast talk about all those things. But I thought, you know, I'm just going to keep that podcast up and continue from there because as we age, we also have chronic illness. And a lot of people are raising their grandchildren now and they're trying to deal with all of the things that are, it's different to parent now than it was even between the kids I have now at home and my 20 and 30 year olds, the world is a wild place to raise kids. So I thought, well, I'll just leave that up. And then if you're, you know, got a grandchild with you for a few months, you can have some resources there too. I love the term medical gaslighting. Would you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that is so relevant and it's really relevant for older women. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny because when I first started it, I hadn't transitioned to fabulous over 50 and it is uh, women in general and people of color, but also now that I'm in this sphere, it's, it's crazy how, yeah, how rampant it is. So, you know, in, in regular life, gaslighting is when someone tries to make you feel like you're crazy and basically sets out to do it. And medical gaslighting, for the most part, the doctors are not setting out to make you think that you're crazy. They are overworked. Believe it or not, a lot of them are underpaid um, for what they're doing. They've got five minutes apiece with patients. They don't have time. And But what the when the gaslighting comes in, it's say say I go to the doctor and I say, you know, I'm in so much pain. I wake up, my body hurts. 
Um, this is actually something that happens. Um, I wake up, my body hurts all over. You know, I've tried everything. I'm eating healthy. I'm doing all the things. There's something wrong. And the doctor might say, well, you're just a little bit depressed. Go home and you'll be fine. Okay. But I'm not fine and I can't do things. So, you know, or they'll make, they kind of make people feel like they're crazy. And so before we knew what was happening with my body, I would tell them, if you think I'm crazy, great, treat me for that then you know, treat me for something, but I can't live like this. I'm miserable. And they just kind of blow you off. Um, one of the girls on my, sh on the show, she was born with a rib that came out of one of her cervical bones, one of the bones in her neck. And it, it was six inches long. The, this woman had had seven x-rays and no one found this bone. Now she lived in a rural area and she didn't have insurance. So she did, was not getting much quality health care. And it wasn't until she started dating a physical therapist. And she said, you know, I've had this knot basically my whole life. Can you try to work it out for me? And he started rubbing her neck and he said, honey, that's not a muscle. That's a bone. And it took another x-ray and two years for her to get that removed. And it was pressing on her aorta. So anytime she put her hands above her head, she'd pass out because the blood would stop flowing to her head. And do you know what those doctors told her? Her mom was in a wheelchair and they said, you know, sweetheart, just because your mom's in a wheelchair doesn't mean something's wrong with you. You're fine. Go home. And it had nothing to do with that. But they didn't want to listen because she was a woman. They just assumed. I was just. Was I was just thinking. Would they have said that to a man? They wouldn't have said that to a man. No, I don't think so. Um, you know, although my husband is unwell right now, and we are trying to get him care, and it, it's been a nightmare. Um, I could do a whole year of episodes on just what we've done. In fact, I, I may end up doing that um, because it is hard to get guests for that show because it's a hard thing to talk about. It really, and that's why I wanted to do it because when it happens to you and, and, and doctors push you off and push you off and, you know, you feel like you're crazy and you feel so sad and, you know, is there something wrong with me? Like mentally what's going on, you know? Um, and I just wanted to give them some power, but the great thing that's come out of that podcast, when I told a friend of mine about it, she said, well, what are you going to do? What's the second half of the show going to be? And I said, well, what do you mean the second half? We're going to tell their story. And she said, no, that's just depressing. You can't do that. So now they do tell their story, but then they talk about their tips for the listener to be the best patient they can be. So we're taking it from something negative and something sad and we're giving them power and they get to say, this is what I would do. And we're not saying it's their fault that it happened, but just how could people do things differently? Maybe what's a different way other patients now that, you know, that because hindsight is 2020, right? What would be the best thing to do? And that has been really good. It's been very helpful for the people who have been on the show. I think that's wonderful, Jen, because um, and good and, and good for your friend for asking you the question about what's what's uh, the second half. Um, I think that there's a lot of things wrong with our Western medical system, and I and I'm very glad it's there because I'm here because it's there. Um, so I'm not just as you said, I'm not really blaming doctors because they work under such difficult conditions in, in a lot of times. Nevertheless, we end up getting not very good health care a lot of the time. And I think as we get older and as older women and of color, um, it gets worse and worse and worse. So to help women understand what they can do to stand up for themselves. And if you're 
not being treated and not medically. I mean, certainly that, but if you're not being treated as a human being, well, then ask us to have another doctor because um, I've fired several doctors in my life. You know, I just, I can't work with you. Yeah. And, and, you know, gone are the days when the doctor is God and because the doctor, they're not God anymore. And I think, you know, 50 years ago when we only knew about a limited amount of issues, they could know about all the issues and they could, they could do their best to treat what they could and, and they didn't treat the rest. But now we know about so many things, but they don't, your general practitioner doesn't know about every little nuanced thing that has been discovered. And I think uh, the one thing that's come out of all this is bring someone with you, bring someone with you every time you go to the doctor, even if it's a small thing, because it's so easy. We, you know, we have so many things we want to say, and it's an emotional thing. Even when we just go for our checkup, it's still emotional. What if they find something? What, you know, there's always those little things in the back of your head. So if you bring write down your questions, write down your concerns every time. And if you can bring someone, and if you can bring a man even better, as silly as that is in this day and age, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've had times where I've talked to my doctor and looked him straight in the eye and told him what I needed. And he says, no. And my husband's in the room. He'll say, no, you're going to do that. And the doc- it's like a Jedi mind trick. Oh, I'll do that. And I think, you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> just no. One of the ways I uh, determine whether or not I think I should keep working with a doctor. I'm going to sneeze. Um, I mean, we do have a lot of information now that we didn't used to have. And there's a lot of bogus information on the internet. And so you have to be careful what you look up and you have to be careful what sources you're going to and yada, yada, yada. But if you are, then you've got a lot of information. And a lot of it is good information because it's from reputable sources. So I sort of judge my doctor's response when I talk about reading something on the, on the internet. You know, if they, if it's sort of an eye-rolling thing, then I think, okay, well, this probably isn't going to work. Right. But if they're really willing to work with me and we can figure this out together, then that's fine. I love, I love what you're doing there, Jen. That's, Thank you. That's very helpful. So when you said you um, just, you, you realized you couldn't keep working for somebody, what were you doing? Oh, well, I wasn't working for someone at the time. I've only worked for other people little in little fits and starts through my life, partly because I just hate it. Um, but also because I've I've been very blessed to be able to stay home. Um, you know, we have so many kids that it I, we figured I would have made about a dollar an hour if I had childcare. So there was no point in that. Um, but, you know, I've got to do some great things. I've been an AT&T operator. I used to sell insurance for State Farm. I was an EMT in an emergency room. Um, I've, you know, everything, I've had a lot of things I've wanted to do, and I've tried most of them. And I've settled on just doing what I really want to do. I love it. I love it. I have to ask you, do you know if there are still AT&T operators? Is there such a thing as an operator anymore? No, because, you know, there used to be information operators and all of that. I would imagine Gab, there's some calls that you need to make. I don't know, with a person. I don't know. Just when, I don't you, know, when you said that, uh, you know, you were an AT&T operator. That, is is an AT&T thing? operator sort of like a, a, a party line on the telephone? I mean, you know, what? what is, right. Where is that's gone. The operator. <laughs> wow. That's hmm. interesting. 
Yeah, because I don't know about you, but I've tried talking to AT&T and getting support. And even as a customer, that's almost impossible. It, so. it, no, I mean, as far as I can tell, there is no place anymore where human beings work. I don't know oh where they goodness. all went, but they're not they're not at most of the places that I want to talk to them. Yeah. Well, and I remember reading a thing just a couple of years ago that said there are not going to be any more people at grocery stores or fast food. They'll be in the kitchen, right? Or stocking, but there's no more customer service anywhere. And I thought, how is that going to happen so fast? And when you look around at it, it's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. So where are all those people going to go? That's, that is the thing, you know, Yeah, that's, and that, and that's a huge problem now. And it's going to get to be a bigger and bigger problem because all of those service jobs, people need work. Right. And And what did we do? We know for our first job when we were teenagers, there are all those jobs. Well, the first thing I did, you were, you answered your father's phone. The first thing I did was I weighed grain trucks for my father. My father managed a grain elevator. And I, in the summer, when I was just a little kid, I weighed trucks. Oh, there you go. Put a box at the weigh machine for me because I couldn't reach the the, the things. But um, I think we learn good things that way. I mean, I don't, I don't need to know how to weigh a truck, but I need to know that I'm supposed to be there at a certain time that I can have X amount of time for lunch that I have to be there until it's time to go home, you know, all sorts of things. And, and then at some point, I think some of us realize, okay, I don't think I want to do it that way anymore. I don't want to have to be at work at a certain time. I don't want to have X amount of time for lunch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And work, work ethic too. I think, you know, when you get to see your parent working and you see how hard they work, you know, they're doing that for you. I think they're, Yes, there's a lot to be said for that. My father went to work every day. I he must have been sick at some point. I don't know, but I don't remember it. And it was uh, that translated for us then into you went to school every day. I mean, you, if you were sick, you stayed home. But I mean, you really had to be sick. You couldn't just. Oh, I don't feel like going to school. That would go nowhere. And so, um, that, you know, I'm I I think there's something to all that. I'm very old fashioned. But I still no, but I think so. I mean, we homeschool and we still the kids don't get sick days because when you homeschool, you can school when you're sick, unless you are really, <laughs> really sick. But I mean that you have to be real sick. Otherwise, yeah, you're doing it because now I sit in bed and read a book. You don't have to worry about giving it to somebody else. You have, you know. Exactly. Jen, what do you find with, with the all the different people and women particularly that you talk to? What do you find are some of their biggest concerns right now or things they're thinking about or whatever? That's a good question. I think, you know, finding there's a few things. The first thing that comes up is, is the way we look and our bodies and self judgment. I think that is huge, especially as we're getting older and even we don't want to, I think, part of us, the the majority of women I talk to has said, you know what? I don't give two poops about what other people think anymore. I'm done with that. I'm done with their judgment. I'm done. Once I hit 50, I stopped caring so much about what everyone else said. And there's a beauty of, of aging in that. But at the same time, there is that little voice in our head that says, yeah, but look at these wrinkles, look at this sag, you know, whatever. I just, you know, and so that's a, a concern. But also, you know, finding other people to have relationships with. And and I don't know about you, but so when I was 
when I was a girl, my mom was a Democrat. My dad was a Republican. They had very interesting conversations at the dinner table. Their friends were a mix of political parties. We And I remember some of their friends were in politics and we would go and help their campaigns. And it didn't matter what side they were on. We were all friends and we helped. You cannot have those same conversations now. And I've talked to so many people that are losing friends left and right because they're on the other side, whatever the other side is, because we've lost the ability to have compassion. And we've lost, I love hearing someone that thinks something the opposite of what I think, or that, you know, believes in something that's the opposite of me. And I like having conversations with them so that I can understand where they're coming from. They may or may not change my mind. And probably, honestly, not at this point. But I want to know, why do you feel that way? And and let's have these conversations, right? In fact, I talked to somebody about a topic that is a huge topic for me that I never thought I'd understand the other side. And because we sat for 30 minutes and I was really open, I said, I really don't believe in what you think at all. Can you explain it? And she did. And now I get it. I totally get it. And so I think, I think we need we need to be able to have those friends that we can talk to about all the things without that judgment. So I think that's something that's really been rough for a lot of people. Okay. That is, I was just about to ask you um, what's next um, of what you're going to do. And I think that's next for you. I think you would be wonderful to figure out how to have, I don't know, circles of that. So that people can talk things through, and not with a not with a goal of changing anybody's mind necessarily. I mean, I will admit that at this point, I couldn't be any more biased than I am, and so the likelihood of somebody being able to change my mind is next to zero. But I would like to understand better how they see things, because I really don't understand. Right. Like, how in the world did you get to thinking that? Because it doesn't make any sense to me, right? And and to be able to say that in a, in a compassionate way and get a compassionate response instead of an argument, you know? Um, I did start something I, that is not in my bio, but um, I started something called the Good Human Guild, and we give the Good Human Guild awards. Right now, it's should be every Friday, but it's not always every Friday because it's only me at this point. But what I've done is because of all this anarchy and chaos that I see out there that I don't like, and because I have to do something when I see something, um, I find somebody. And right now it's just in my sphere of people. But if anybody listening has someone that is just a good human, that's it. That just goes out of their way as a person to be kind and good However you see good, I'm not even defining that word. Um, we're just giving, it's a, it's just a little certificate that I give them. And we're talking about that every Friday on the podcast, because I think we need to point out that in all of this, there are good humans and we need to recognize them. And so that is, that is actually another project that I'm really proud of that I really like. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything that is coming next that you're going to start that you're thinking about but not doing yet? And uh, if you do, are you going to have to stop doing something in order to start doing it? That's a really good question. Um, well, 
my goal is not to stop anything that I'm doing, but get them on a little bit better track. Um, I wish I could use AI like everyone else's to do all my functions. Um, and I'm about to hire a little bit of help. And that's really going to help me take off and do the next thing. The next thing is actually a podcasting journal. Um, it, just like my other journals that's set up so that we can grow our podcast because pod fade is such a thing where people stop podcasting. And I just, for some reason, absolutely love podcasting. And so I want to help people stay. So that's for right now, that's my only next thing. But I feel like I've got enough. I'm juggling enough that I don't need to take on another big one, probably. Oh, well, yeah, I think I'd vote on that. But I love the pod fade, actually. That's um, because it is, um, I love it. I've met so many, particularly women. I've only interviewed a small handful of men. Um, but I never would have met them, ever, 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 if I didn't have it. and. It does get over time, you know, finding people and scheduling it and getting them on. And it, it is, it's, it's not a slam dunk. So, um, yeah. So, Jen, this has been absolutely wonderful. If somebody wants to get in touch with you for any of what you're doing, um, and particularly for that good person, that I love that, um, how can they get in touch with you? Everything is on jenhardy.net. Everything all together. Just go there. There's a menu on the top. You'll find all the things. That's just the easiest way to do it. There's a contact thing. You can contact me, ask me any questions, everything. There have got to be something in Jen's menu that really appeals to you because it is about a five page menu. So <laughs> it is, it is it'll, full. It'll be there. So thank you. That's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Jen Hardy. And don't forget, you can find her at Jen Hardy, J-E-N-H-A-R-D-Y dot net jenhardy.net thank you sarah thank you thank you for being with us spread tolerance and love bye-bye thanks for listening if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated you can head over to my website primesparkwomen.com and get my free spark guide seven questions to ignite your spark to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.